Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Today's podcast is three tips for incentives for your compliance and ethics program. One of the items in the original sentencing guidelines that has not been as thoroughly developed, I think is a fair thing to say, as other aspects of the program like training, communication, written standards, code of conduct, monitoring and auditing, tone from the top, all of the things that we do spend a lot of time talking about. One area that still is sort of a head scratcher and comes up quite frequently when you talk about the sentencing guidelines, and that happens to me fairly frequently because I speak on the guidelines and obviously have a history as a staffer at the commission, is this notion of what exactly are incentives. There's not guidance in the guidelines themselves, uh, as you may be aware, and if you're not, you might want to make yourself aware of this, is there are what are called application notes in the guidelines themselves, which provide some context and some information around several of the items included in the sentencing guidelines. And obviously, since that time, we've seen a lot of other guidance come from the Department of Justice and other regulators, a lot of commentary from people like me, and a lot of commentary that comes out of settlements, whether those are non-prosecution or deferred prosecution agreements. But Overall, if you had to pick one item, one thing out of the hallmarks of an effective program that come out of the sentencing guidelines, I think it's still fair to say that the least developed, the least understood, the least implemented is incentives for a program. So I wanted to talk about that and talk about three things to keep in mind when you're either considering incentives or evaluating how you use incentives in your organization. The first is, I think that You need to have your philosophy right, if you will, about what you're trying to accomplish with incentives. You need to think about incentives as you would any other tool. I think that that's part of the problem because they're not well-defined. We don't really have an idea of how we want to use them. And I think that that should be job one is what is the plan? What do you want to do? And I think one way to go with that is to use incentives to expand your program's reach and who it comes in contact with and how you have a, for lack of a better term, a touch point with individuals with throughout your organization. Think of incentives like tools, like you would a communication plan or a training platform or a reporting tool, the hotline. Think of incentives the same way you think about any other aspect of your compliance program. Think of it as a tool, a tool to accomplish something. And so obviously, if you think about it that way, then you have to start from scratch thinking about what exactly you want to accomplish. Do you want to get more engagement in your program? Do you want people to use incentives to try to have people come forward and report or ask questions more frequently? Do you want to use incentives to have people discuss specific issues or become more aware of specific issues? How do you want to use it? Do you want to use it more surgically or more broadly? It's going to lead you to conversations that are going to allow you to better implement any kind of incentive program because you're going to have a goal in mind for those incentives. The second thing that I would caution or at least encourage organizations to think about when you're either, again, implementing incentives or evaluating how you're using incentives now is to make sure you have a balance in the types of incentives that you are using. And in particular, make sure that you have some incentives or an incentive program that is active. And what I mean by that is 
that you have an incentive program that encourages either managers or more broadly the employee base or other stakeholders to become engaged in some way that encourages them to take an affirmative act. Oftentimes, the perfect example, the kind of garden variety example of incentives is a check the box, if you will, that's in the annual performance review. I have you know, followed the code of conduct. I signed you know, the, the uh, last page of the code of conduct. I haven't gotten in trouble. Therefore, I get my check plus. I think that that really isn't an incentive. If you evaluate, and that's a common way that incentives are allegedly included in a modern compliance and ethics program is that there is some sort of component within the annual evaluation for everyone that as long as you follow the code of conduct, that you've taken your appointed training, that you haven't gotten in trouble, that you've either you know signed off on any waivers or disclaimers, that you know you somehow you've you've met that criteria and that's the incentive. I don't think that's an incentive at all. I think that's the base that we expect from all of our employees, all of our stakeholders, is that they at least do their due diligence in their training and other requirements, and that they don't get in trouble and that they follow the rules. More broadly speaking, live our values and follow the rules and code and the law. So that's not really an incentive. I know a lot of organizations consider that an incentive, but it's not. And it is the perfect example of something that's completely passive. You know, certainly, you know, they have to sit through training, they have to check the box on a disclaimer, but that's not really getting them involved in the program. That's not really active. So when you're talking about incentives, I think it needs to see something that's a little bit more proactive, a little more, have have some objective goals or objective criteria that encourages a more active participation in the program. For managers, that's a lot easier than for rank and file. You know, for managers, they can have responsibilities around communication. And we talked about that in the past and some recent podcasts, in, in fact, about ways to get managers involved. And those definitely can be tied to incentives for them doing that part. So it's a little bit harder to get people active and involved uh, on a rank and file level. But again, things that we've talked about recently include uh, sponsoring events, sponsoring competitions, encouraging people to have two-way communication around these issues, whether that's through some sort of social media platform or a newsletter or a live forum, focus groups, you know, some sort of give and take but getting them actively involved in some way. Uh, another common one that, that happens quite a bit is you know action item awards or awards or recognitions of some sort. And they can be very small. They can be things like koozies or stress balls or some other small item that is awarded for people who go above and beyond and, and, and are involved in the process to help with the rollout of the code of conduct or uh, are involved in a focus group on a particular topic and providing input and information back to the program about an initiative that you're undertaking or, or that you're contemplating to undertake. You know, even if it's small involvement, even if it's just providing their feedback or, or paying attention when you have these other initiatives, you know, those kind of recognitions certainly fall within the ambit of incentives and it requires some sort of active participation. Even if it's not terribly significant. They were there. They were in the room. But, you know, having some sort of acknowledgement of that, I think, is important. But it's encouraging them to go beyond just what is normally expected, what is a requirement. If it's a requirement, if it's required training, if it's, you know, reading the code of conduct and agreeing to abide by the code and the policies of the organization, agreeing to abide by the law, getting a rubber stamp for that, I, I think, is is far too passive for what would really be a, a true incentive. So, so the, my second piece of advice is think about how active 
what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish is. Think what you're asking your stakeholders and your employees to do. And is it active? Is there a participatory piece to it, if you will? Then I think that, that you're, you're, that's something that is truly more of the kind of incentive that m- makes sense. And then lastly, whatever you do, whatever you plan to do, I think that you need to make sure that there is a plan in place. And that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning as far as having a plan or having a a purpose for for the incentives and not just throwing them in there because you know it's a requirement under the guideline standards. But whatever process you go through to determine and define and design your incentive program, I would do your best to record that in an honest way and keep up with it and sort of show your work and have an argument ready to go, both for internal stakeholders and potentially people externally, if there's ever any question about the choices you've made and why you've made them and what you're trying to do. So in other words, you know, start off with the design, have an idea of how you're going to get people involved in the process and use incentives as a tool. Make sure that the incentives that you design as much as possible are active and encourage that first piece. And then lastly, have an argument ready to go and have a process in place to evaluate the effectiveness. This is true with any of your tools, and we've talked about this a lot over the last few years, is being able to evaluate your program, both the individual pieces and overall. Well, if you're going to design and implement incentives, Part of that process ought to be evaluation, you know, showing your work, showing that you've undertaken this process as a risk-based process and how you intend to go back and check and see whether the incentives, the processes, the tools that you put in place are working. How are you going to measure that? What are some ways that you can test your incentives to see if they're actually doing whatever you expect, whether that's encouraging more communication, encouraging more compliance with certain aspects of the program, whatever it might be, that that third aspect, have an argument, show your work, and be able to show how you plan to measure. And if you have it had it in place for a while, show your measurement, show your progress. What are the trends? If they're positive, then you know you you can show that this is something that has worked for your organization. There's more compliance with the particular control that you're trying to encourage people to participate in, or there's a higher percentage of people who are reporting, or a lower percentage of people that are not reporting because they fear retaliation. Whatever it is specifically, be prepared to show your work. So those are just three things to think about. Uh, And I think they all boil down to really one thing, which is being more organized and more purposeful around incentives. I think because there's not been a lot of structure or idea around what incentives should look like, they tend to be kind of amorphous and they're all over the place or they're you know generally ignored in some organizations. Or as I said, oftentimes it's considered a component of the evaluation, but really it's you know it's not. It's, it's ex- the expectations uh, are for, for incentives really are simply the expectations you would have for anybody just doing, what they do as an employee, following the rules, taking their training. Rewarding that is not, uh, I, I don't think, an effective, proactive incentive. So what it boils down to is, 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 is really thinking more structurally around this and how do we put together a program, what does it look like, how do we define it, how do we measure it? Just like you would for anything else, just like you would for training, just like you would do for an auditing part of your program, or just as you would do for putting together written standards and testing whether they're working or not. So I think that's uh, 
that's one way to look at it. And I think if you put a little bit of structure behind this, you're going to have more effective incentives. And also, if you ever have to defend that either internally or externally, you'll have, you can show your work. You can show how you've really thoughtfully gone through this process. So the upshot this time is, when you're considering incentives that you want to put in place or considering the incentive program that you currently have in place, you first need to consider the reach and the purpose of your incentive program. Secondly, have a balance in the incentives that you're using and include active processes. And finally, have an argument, show your work, and show how you measure the effectiveness of your incentive program. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.